Hi YouTube, it's Joshua Miles and welcome back to my channel. Today's video is yet another solved true crime case in my Cures case series. And today's video has actually been made in partnership with a brand that I actually- Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I use and tweet about all the time. When the people at Emma heard that I was working on a bank heist case video, they slid right into my DMs and partnered up with me to bring you this video. Emma is a money management app that is available in the UK, the United States and Canada that is literally a lifesaver for me. Emma is essentially your financial best friend that connects to all of your bank accounts, credit cards, investments and even your pension so that you can keep track of your spending and to help you out with a budget and to help you save money. Emma will help you to understand how much money you have left until your next payday, helps you to avoid overdraft fees, and even track and find wasteful subscriptions for you, all in an effort to save you hard-earned cash. Emma even gives you a weekly and monthly report that honestly kind of roasts you a little bit, but um, they also congratulate you on your savings too. I wouldn't be partnering up with Emma if it wasn't a brand that I trust 100% completely, and it wasn't a brand and app that I actually use myself. And honestly, Honestly, I use this app all the time to keep track of my finances so that I can see where I'm spending all my money, like on Amazon or at the Apple Store or places like that. And I find it really useful on cutting down and helping me save more. It's simple to use, easy to set up, and most of all, it's free. They do have a pro feature that allows you to add custom categories, export your data, manual accounts, and more. And depending on where you're based, you can find the price of this under the More tab, under the Emma Pro section on the app. Emma actually just released five new pro features. Custom category emojis, manual balances in any currency, the ability to rename multiple transactions, the ability to create manual transactions. So if you bought something that wasn't on your card and on cash, you can add that onto your Emma account and you can keep track of that too. And the ability to export all your data between select time ranges, which means you can put it into a spreadsheet, send it to your accountant and all that good stuff. I personally use the pro version of the app as I find all the additional features so, so helpful. Um, and also the pro feature has a special icon. Um, 
and it just makes me feel a bit bougie to be honest so I use the pro feature of the app and it really 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 does help with my finances and keep me on track so be sure to go down to the description of this video and check out the link to the Emma app like I said it is actually completely free to use and it is super easy and quick to set up I couldn't recommend it more and data shows that Emma can actually save you up to 600 pounds a year that is a whole holiday's worth of money so be sure to check out the link at the top of the description after you finish watching this video I just like to point out this video has not been made to cause disrespect or anything like that it has just been made to spread awareness about this case by compiling information from various different public sources on the internet now with all that being said let's delve right into this case Friday the 16th of July 1976 was the beginning of a long weekend of celebrations for the French people of Nice, France. Now Bastille Day is actually celebrated two days prior to the 16th on July 14th, however most people are at work during the week and the celebrations don't usually begin until the weekend. Now for those of you who are unaware, Bastille Day is a celebration in France which celebrates the anniversary of the storming of Bastille, which happened on the 14th of July. 1789. However, 187 years after the storming of Bastille, a group of 20 men led by Albert Spaghiari would storm the vaults of the Society General Bank in Nice, France. And in one of the biggest bank heists in French history, they would steal an estimated 30 to 100 million francs worth of jewellery, gold and valuables from the vaults and the safety deposit boxes. This is the curious case of Albert Spaghiari. Albert Spaghiari was born in Lorenga Monticlin, which is located in southeastern France, on the 14th of December 1932. It is unknown at what point in his childhood and how old Albert was, but at some point in Albert's childhood, Albert and his family moved to Yarez, which is on the it's more south than where they were living. And we know that they moved when Albert was young. And when they got to Yarez, Albert's mother opened up a lingerie store. And that is where Albert Albert grew up and on all accounts he had a fairly regular and uneventful childhood. That was until he was about 18 to 20 years old. Now I couldn't find a source that could back this up completely 100% so take what I'm saying with a grain of salt but when Albert was between the ages of 18 and 20 he actually committed his first crime. A robbery. It is said that Albert actually committed this crime so that he had the funds to wow his girlfriend with an extremely expensive diamond. It is suggested that Albert was actually caught in the act and wasn't successful. And as a punishment and as part of a deal that Albert struck with the authorities, he then joined the paratrooper regiment. And he joined this regiment while the first Indochina war was taking place, which is otherwise known as the anti-French resistance war. Now the causes and consequences of this war is outside the scope of this video. But it is known that Albert did serve as a paratrooper during this war. But it is also known that Albert didn't actually fight in the battle of Dien Bien Phu, I believe it's pronounced, which is a highly climatic battle uh, during the first Indochina war. And Albert's reasoning for not being in such a climactic and pinnacle and almost 
prestigious battle. He was actually in jail at the time. And he had been put in jail for robbery, which honestly should have been the first red flag to authorities about Albert's personality and characteristics. And it should have been a red flag to authorities that Albert would likely not be able to rehabilitate himself back into society regularly and normally. Albert actually had one more stint in prison between the 1950s and 1960s, and this was due to the fact that he was involved in a terrorist organization during the Algerian war. Now everything seemed to settle down for Albert after he was released from prison and he seemed to go back to being a law-abiding citizen and he seemed to perfectly rehabilitate himself back into society against previous concerns that could have been drawn from his past behaviours. At some point in the 1960s, Albert bought a country villa in the rolling hills that were above Nice, and where he got the money to buy such a country villa is left to your speculation, it is unknown. In the early 1970s, Albert then bought a photography studio in Nice, which is where he would go to work as a wedding photographer while he still lived in the country villa in the hills above Nice. So looking from the outside in, Albert was living quite a stylish lifestyle. He had this really nice fancy country villa up in the hills and he had a nice photography studio doing wedding photography in Nice and Nice is actually quite a nice place in France. So he was living quite a stylish lifestyle. It was around this time that Albert actually heard a rumour about the Society General Bank. Excuse me if I'm pronouncing that wrong, I'll make sure to put it on the screen. And this particular bank is rumoured to hold more riches than the top 10 banks in Paris combined. And the bank's main vault with all the safety deposit boxes in was located just 8 metres away from a sewer. <laughs> it was a very short distance away from a city sewer. Albert somehow got a hold of the plans for the city sewage system that ran underneath the city of Nice. And he began to explore the complex system of sewage drains and storm drains. He then got hold of the city plans for the bank's construction somehow. It, I, I couldn't find a reputable source that depicted how exactly he got hold of these plans, but he did get a hold of them and he analysed them to the T. He could have known them off the back of his hand. And he found out that the vault, which was kept underneath the bank, had walls that were over a metre thick and had solid steel doors that were over 500 millimetres thick. Now, it is common practice in these kind of banks that hold a lot of wealth in their vaults for them to have backup security systems such as motion sensors um, and noise alarms. So if there's a noise sounded in the vault, for example, something falling over or someone breaking into the vault from uh, a different angle, it would sound the noise alert system. And knowing that banks had these kind of backup security systems, Albert took out a security deposit box in the vault under a fake name where he actually put an alarm clock, a very, very loud alarm clock, and set the alarm for midnight. And he would use this alarm to determine whether there was a sound activated um, siren system inside of the vault. And when the alarm went off at midnight and no sirens sounded and no police cars came running, Albert knew that he was one step closer to the vast amount of riches inside of the vault. Now the bank's vault didn't have any backup security 
security systems, and this was because they believed the bank's vault to be impenetrable and untouchable, just like how people believe the Titanic to be unsinkable, but we, we all know how that went. Boy, how they were wrong. According to some sources, it took Albert two years to plan what would be one of the biggest bank heists in French history. And over the course of those two years, Albert recruited a team of ex-paratroopers, mobsters, and tunneling experts to help him with this heist. The group stole equipment to use in the tunneling from neighboring construction sites that were located around Nice. They actually hooked up and stole power from a nearby car park's street lights so that they could power all the electronic equipment, like the electric drills, and all the lights they would need in the surge system so they could see what they were doing. They even managed to get hold of ventilation equipment, which they used to keep the fumes and the dust away from the workers. And as this was a sewage system, you can just begin to imagine what those kind of fumes would be like to work in. It would have been a hot environment. It would have been a not very pleasant environment to work in. The ventilation equipment kept the air moving in what would already be a very difficult environment to work in. Now, the group started tunneling between two and three months before Bastille Day, which was when they were planning on breaking into the vault, and they worked in shifts. They worked only on alternate nights for two months straight. They weren't allowed to consume any alcohol during their shifts or even have any caffeine. Albert was very strict on that, and Albert made sure that all the workers had slept at least a minute minimum of 10 hours the night before, otherwise they weren't allowed to work their shift. They tunneled just 6 inches per night, throwing and discarding and getting rid of any rubble and debris into neighbouring sewage systems and sewage passageways. There is one source that claims that they put the debris in their pockets, left the sewage system and put them in a um, nearby construction sites rubble pile, but that was only from one source, so I can't confirm whether that's true or not. At the end of the night of tunneling, they would then brick up what they had tunneled so that any city workers, if they came down into the sewage system, wouldn't notice any differences, they wouldn't see anything different or wouldn't notice what they were doing. They actually finished the eight meter long tunnel system ahead of schedule. It took them two months. But Albert knew that the perfect opportunity to rob the vaults would be on the Bastille Day weekend, where there would be loud celebrations, fireworks, parades, and all that kind of thing, um, so that no one could hear them breaking into the vault and stealing all their all the money, and nobody would really be suspicious of a group of people wandering the streets and coming and going. Then, when the evening of July 16th, 1976 came around, the Friday um, of the weekend of the Bastille celebrations, the group began to break through the walls into the vault. However, Albert had made a slight miscalculation and the group actually broke through into a bunch of safety deposit boxes. They broke through the outer wall. Fortunately, Albert was the kind of person to think very quickly on his feet and using a car jack, he managed to burst open the doors of the safety deposit boxes and got in to the vault. Now, Albert was an extravagant kind of person and he, he wanted to celebrate that they'd broken into the vaults, but before they could do that, the team welded shut the main vault door from the inside, which means that you couldn't really open it from the outside. The group then pulled out picnic baskets full of bread, cheese, and wine, and began to celebrate breaking into this bank. After all, inside this vault, there were 
countless valuables and countless gold and so much jewelry, they were all rich beyond their wildest dreams. They ate and drank the night away, allegedly using expensive silver chalices to drink their wine from, and going to the toilet in antique silver taurines, I believe they're pronounced. After all the celebrations had finished in the morning, they began to get to work. And by Sunday evening, the group of men had stolen an estimated 30 to 100 million francs worth of jewelry, of valuables, and of gold. They had just executed one of the biggest bank heists in French history. Now, the bank didn't actually realize that they had been robbed until Monday morning when a member of staff came down in the morning to open up the vault to begin the day. And of course, the vault door had been welded shut. So he was having a very difficult time opening the vault. It was He was unable to do it. And when they did eventually get into the vault, they realized the gravity of the heist. On the wall of the vault, the group who had robbed it had left some graffiti, and that read, without hate, without arms, without violence, before they had escaped. So they'd written that before they'd escaped with all the money. Which to me says that the group is proud of the fact that they had committed this bank heist without hurting anyone, without harming anyone, and really they'd, they'd done it in a very safe way. The police were initially stumped as to who had been responsible for the heist. And it wasn't until a few months after the heist that the police actually got their first lead in this case. And that lead came from one of the group's ex-girlfriends who ratted out to the police that Albert Spaghiari had been responsible. Albert was immediately arrested and then brought to a preliminary hearing in court. Now allegedly, while Albert was in the magistrate's office at this hearing, he complained of being too hot. So now South France does get quite hot. Um, so for some reason they decided to open the window to let some air in and that was truly a mistake. And if you've ever seen the Ted Bundy film on Netflix with Zac Efron, you can kind of guess where I'm going with this and what Albert did. Stupidly, someone decided to open this window and before they knew it, Albert had escaped. While everyone was distracted looking at a fake encrypted document that Albert had made just for this escape and had submitted as evidence, Albert jumped out of the window, fell 10 foot and landed on the roof of a car. He then jumped onto the back of a motorbike before speeding off into the distance. Albert was sentenced to life in prison in Argentina, which essentially means that they sentenced him without him actually being present in court and there was a massive warrant out for his arrest so as soon as he gets arrested he'd be taken to prison but the authorities never caught Albert. He he made his escape for life. It is believed he actually escaped to Argentina, where he lived out the rest of his life in extravagancy. It is reported that he actually got plastic surgery to further aid in his escape so nobody could recognize him. Albert would infrequently sneak back into France to visit his mother throughout the years. That was until the 10th of June, 1989, when Albert's body mysteriously appeared on the doorstep of his mother's house in France. Now it was initially reported that Albert had passed away under mysterious circumstances, but it was later confirmed by his wife Amelia that Albert had passed away, unfortunately, due to throat cancer, and he had passed away in the arms of his wife. Amelia then illegally transported his body from Argentina to his mother's doorstep so that his mother could bury her son. Interestingly, in this case, none of the other members of the gang that had broken into the vault were ever prosecuted, and none of the jewellery and value 
valuables and money stolen in the bank heist were ever recovered by the police. And that's everything that we have for you in today's case. Thank you so much again to Emma for partnering up with me to bring you this video. Again, if you want to cut down on your spending and keep a check on your finances and form a budget, be sure to go to the description and click the link at the top of it to download the finance app Emma today. Emma is available in the United Kingdom, in the United States, and in Canada. Again, like I said earlier, I really couldn't recommend this app enough. Thank you so much for watching this episode in my Curious Case series. I'm actually at the Summer in the City panel next weekend, so if you are going to be at Summer in the City in London next weekend, then hit me up on Twitter and Instagram and we can hang out. Be sure to come to my True Crime panel. I do also have a meet and greet at 4pm, so be sure to come along and chill the meet and greets with Alan O'Neill, Caitlin Rose, and George Marie. So come hang out with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram so you can keep up with everything that's going on. Leave a like on this video if you found it interesting. A comment down below telling me what you thought about this case. Honestly, this case is, it sounds like the plot of a movie. Honestly, it really could be a movie. Don't forget to subscribe and hit that bell icon so you can be notified every single time that I post. I actually also have a live stream at 9pm UK time on Monday, which would be tomorrow from this video, which would be the 5th of August, so be sure to tune into that. And with that being said, I will see you in the next video. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.